Listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis. And returning to the show is Alec, aka Smart Alec, my WTC bro. What's going on, man? Not too much, just uh, trying to stay cool. <laughs> man, you are staying cool, trying all sorts of rosters. I think you have been bouncing between all sorts of different things, experimenting, seeing what uh, seeing what sticks. Is this your normal? Like, obviously, I don't feel like I've talked with you that much prior to the WTC about just how many different things you test. Is this normal for you? Are you always this on everything? Or do you usually like kind of focus in a little bit more? Um, I'm usually all over the place. Uh, sometimes I'll stick with something if it clicks with me for, um, maybe three to four weeks and then I'll try something else new. Um, especially when I have an event coming up, sometimes I like to lock it in and get a lot of reps with something. Uh, do you have, do you have kind of a rule? Like event is X weeks out. I need to just pick something and practice. No. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, it 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 depends uh, on how big the event. So, like the Bay Area Open, I tried to have something uh, at least mostly locked, at least affiliation locked two weeks beforehand. So for that, I played Criminal Syndicate uh, and was like in Kingpin, and then was just tweaking options to answer specific things, um, specific problems like Thanos and stuff like that. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, the the concept for today's episode is um your baby. So, I'm going to I'm going to start off by letting you introduce kind of what's the what's the gist of what we're going to talk about today. Uh sure. So, the first thing uh is that I feel like a lot of my success in this game has come from surprising my opponents with what I'm actually putting down at the table, and a lot of that can be, come from uh dual affiliated rosters which have kind of mostly fell out of favor or fallen out of favor at this point uh and then potentially also talking about playing affiliations different than your opponent expects you to um this is this is a topic that's always been fairly important to me because I I very early fell into like my first kind of like really favorite roster was an Asgard slash Wakanda roster. And I think for a lot of people coming into MCP, there's a lot of like, I just want to play my favorite affiliation. Or then there's also the people who just like they have something they want to like practice that to death and they don't really want something else. They they rather than have the the potential ability to pivot on your opponent, they would rather have like more of the key options um, to kind of flex their primary plan is between, you know, kind of those three things. The vast majority of lists are kind of single affiliation. Uh, I mean, obviously we can shout out to like a few of some of the most infamous um, kind of dual affiliation rosters like we we both love the dark webs um that was the sploosh and deluca baby um you know late 2020 no late 2021 that sounds right yeah yes. late 2021 late, late 2021 barely, barely had time to shine before uh <laughs> the character update came through yes um and then i think there was also some uh uh, oh, it was it was Enchantress, but it was I think there was some Carterata that also affected things, or maybe it was a banned restricted update. Yes, it was a banned yeah, restricted yeah. update. Also, like all you got and that sort of thing, um, right. certainly affected that list. Is there another roster of the past that really jumps out to you as um, kind of uh, I mean, emphasizing right, this? Yeah, I mean, right after that, for the the following Elvio. Uh, both Mike and Sploosh brought rosters that were Black Order and a very scenario-focused affiliation with Web Warriors for Mike and Kingpin for Sploosh. Yeah. 
And then I hopped on that same idea train. And at Adepticon, I played scenario-heavy X-Men that used Corvus and Proxima. But then I, I took I dropped Voodoo for Thanos kind of at the last minute and made it so that I could pivot to something super murdery if I needed to. Um, and so obviously, we've got a lot of references there to black order of the past and obviously that's not a not a big impact can you think of any off the top of your head that um do not involve black order of the past um i mean the other big uh kill em boy mr malekith himself <laughs> yes uh you know even lately he's been all I've needed to do is add like Malekith and Mystique and my Kingpin roster can suddenly play uh, Cabal as long as I, you know, make room for some important tactics cards. Right. And I think, I mean, well, I don't want to like talk about DeLuca the entire podcast. I mean, I love the guy, but um, he, he also had an Avengers roster where most of the time he would play Avengers. And then in some few select situations, he would pivot to Malekith Cabal. Um, and it'll be like Malekith plus Mystique or Zemo or something. And then um, and then Hulk. So there's certainly been some instances that do not um, that do not involve Black Order. But what kind of uh, what kind of prompted you to want to hop on this topic? Is it just that you enjoy the dual affiliations and it hasn't uh, hasn't been talked about that much? Or was there some specific games or matchups that really got you thinking about this? Uh, it was thinking back to LVO and then the Bay Area Open, which um, was a couple months ago, where I'm both of those rosters for me had Malekith. Uh, one of them had Thanos as well, and it looked it seemed to me, especially during and after the games, that my opponents brought a lot of tech to deal with part of my roster that I just left on the bench and didn't even use so a lot of um like heroes for hire or bodyguard effects um or big tanky models like lizard with exceptional healing and logans um to deal with the malekith threat that i was presenting and i would often just switch to play five wide hydra with like three or four long movers Nice. And I think, you know, maybe for the average listener, it may not seem like much, but I would say at the, the high end of MCP, there are a lot of games that are won or lost based on a single tactics card choice. And I mean, that doesn't happen a ton, but sometimes you have really, really close matches that are decided by the fact that one person has the perfect tactics card for the situation and the other person has a great tactics card, but ended up with no good situation to use it in. And so sometimes just having that like, oh, you brought exceptional healing and I'm planning on playing in a control game and I'm not going to attack your characters like that can be a big difference. Right, yeah, like that extra slot is a tool that could have been something else that would have suited you better. Yeah, and you you can imagine it like like how would you feel in a matchup where you have three tactics card and your opponent had five? Right, if you think about that for a second, and how how disadvantaged you would feel. And it's it can be hard to recognize even at the beginning of some games. Like obviously, um, we could use the um, the the pivot that Mike DeLuca had against Nate in I want to say it was the semifinals where um, he he just totally pivoted and Nate got trapped in with a bunch of tactics cards. I think he was planning to counter Webs and ended up playing against black order and and like that like that game was obviously like a very extreme example um but there are definitely more subtle choices and you probably if you think back you like once you like see everything on your table you kind of like 
and you get halfway through the game, you're like, oh man, I really wish that I had brought X instead of X. And sometimes the dual affiliation um, can have a more extreme effect. Um, a good example, like a shout out to our boy Amon, teammate, my first game against him, then he brought Criminal Syndicate and I was playing X-Men and I had uh, made a last minute decision to drop Meteors for Infinity Formula. I won Priority. Of course, I got Infinity Formula and he got Researcher. I was sure I was playing against Kingpin and I was pretty sure I was fucked. <laughs> um, but he didn't play Kingpin. He played this Daredevil game into me and... It was razor's edge the whole time. And I certainly felt like I could have brought a team that was a little bit more suited to deal with the Daredevil team. But I I was sure he was playing Kingpin. <laughs> um, and so I think that's yep. an example of kind of what, what you're talking about here. Yep, exactly. Or to like keep on with the, there's that kingpin nightmare scenario but it turns out the player also has spider foes in there and it's obvious that they could play either and you just the when you're planning your squad for the scenario you're planning for what the worst case situation is and you expect it to be kingpin right in both in the situation you just had and the opponent doesn't bring that and, you know, Ahmad and I have talked about it later on, and he just wanted to play Daredevil. He enjoyed playing Daredevil more. Um, was it a fully tactical choice? Like, did it end up disadvantaging me? It's hard to say. I came out victorious in the matchup, but it was it was really fucking hard. Um, and I was stressed out the entire time. Um, but um, so... Do you have something that you've been working on recently that kind of kind of fits this? I know Hydra's been a baby of yours for the past, but you've been playing a bunch of different things. Yeah, there's um I've been revisiting some other versions of uh Criminal Syndicate. I was trying lately a um uh all in on Shadowlands Daredevil again and just trying to get as many points as possible uh, with not scenario cards. Uh, so bringing Usurp the Throne, Mind Games, all that that goofy stuff. Um, which, well, so what I've been trying lately is a Criminal Syndicate build mostly to use Shadowlands Daredevil uh, and a lot of characters that can give you extra victory points outside of the crisis so punishers blood red and personal uh usurp the throne for killmonger uh fitting in an interrogate character and while a lot of those cards still focus on killing your opponent uh there's a lot of surprise catch-up you can do on the scenario if you fall behind or can just leap ahead which people don't necessarily expect yeah for sure something that i had like back on a danger room episode um i was interviewed on the topic of asgard and one of the ideas that i pitched was to play an asgard flip secure game and then you could just really easily splash criminal syndicate and be like, Oh, if you, if you get your secures, I will just play criminals and get, be guaranteed Kingpin's leadership. Um, because in, at, at its core, I needed a two threat anyway. And so to choose bullseye over someone else, not that big of a deal. And especially in this day and age where it's like, okay, I will splash Kingpin bullseye and Rhino. Or maybe, maybe those in Black Cat, like not making that many sacrifices, but
you can even add Ulic in there for the criminal syndicate that generates two power uh, to help you with those pay to flips as well. Yeah, you can. He could totally be the. He could totally be the five for the list. Um, that would not be, not be a pain for the for the Asgard list at all. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, my only problem with the concept is I just didn't love playing criminals, or at least didn't love playing uh, um, kingpin. Kingpin. Just never, never quite enjoyed it, or never quite had it like sing for me. Even though I'm the, I'm the control guy. Sure, I've. He's fit me pretty well. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's something I would, I would love to see somebody explore, and I, I think it would work in X Men as well. Again, they also need a two. They love Rhino. Um, Ulick couldn't be their five. Like having one spot for Kingpin, the tactics cards can get a little bit tight, but um, I still think that that all works and there's a lot of crossover like x-men love lizard kingpin loves lizard you know there's there's good choices on all sides yeah one kind of similarly one i was uh trying lately was uh a malekith roster right we're we're in cabal now that um the deception is restricted and follow me is just gone what if instead of leaning into the all-in kill your opponent plan you try a more controlling game and you spread out Malekith doesn't mind doing a 1v1 against most characters uh, he's fast on a D-shape you just move charge and you treat his ferocity just like a, like a throw that's his control right? he's charging in, knocks someone off a point in the mid to late round and he'll just take over that secure. Um, couple that with the Black Bifrost, and suddenly you can have your team pretty much anywhere on the board that you need, or to bring in reinforcements, or to leave, uh, to chase down an extract holder, uh, and play Malekith in that kind of more... You, you're threatening the opponent, and they're probably going to bring all their defensive tech, but you're not your goal isn't to just daze into Keo characters like um, it has been lately. Man, that's actually really interesting. Because you could, you obviously, you could start off with a core of like Malekith Bullseye, and so that's nine. And you've got a plethora of great threes to choose from. Obviously, Mystique as a three gets a little bit worse. Like if you have to run deception as a, a restricted card but there are other great threes even without it she's pretty good she feels more like she's in the all-in aggro plan whereas yeah. uh i would rather have like a zemo who can rotate faster right and so like even if you start there you have like a fairly strong like aggro like your ability to threaten and like fight in one-on-one matchups is is still really good but you can play a very fast mobile game and then you have a plethora of characters to choose from um if you wanted to play it at 17 right you'd have to have a three and another two to run five wide which is not the end of the world yeah i think i think you kind of need to run like four wide and have to balance that that even though your opponent's going to get the last activation you're going to have to clinch a side or something um the yeah i mean it may work out just because they may they may just pivot away from malekith right they may, like concede a side to him to a certain extent part of this idea was also i wanted to run a try a thematic malekith roster so we've got malekith we need enchantress and loki and Ulik are all part of his dark council. Uh, yes. So all of those characters uh, have some elements of control in there that help out a lot. Uh, you could bring in Scourge if you really want to uh, help protect other characters, but I don't think he's necessary unless you love the character or really want to use Meet My Executioner. Hmm. I th- have you tried this idea out? Uh, I did. Um, I've only played one game with this so far, uh, and I think maybe I need to 
try it out some more. That was a little goofy game in that uh, it was the first time I was playing against Cosmic Ghostwriter, um, public enemy number, I don't know, two, <laughs> three right now, uh, or so I hear. Um, and <laughs> my opponent was playing um, all characters that count skulls as successes or better. So he was playing under Dramamu. Uh, so the game got real goofy real fast. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is pretty funny um yeah i mean it wouldn't be that difficult to build something like this and then like include cat dog right sure just you're you have a lockjaw in there who knows if you're going to use it you might yeah. you might know you're not going to use it but your opponent doesn't right and and at the same time lockjaw can be an interesting character um um, because he can he can surprise people with the fact that he can play he can do in um eyes in the sky play or not eye in the sky um eyes on the prize okay because he gains three for being next to someone so he can teleport himself forward medium grab something with eyes on the prize and move backwards and so he he could like he he could still fit the other plan. Right, right. Does he really generate? He generates four power. Oh, it's three extra. He, yeah, it's three extra. Mm, okay. People forget that he can just like if he just has someone next to him, he um he can do the eyes on the prize play because they just forget about him teleporting himself. Yeah, he's he's just a powerful boy. Yeah, and I mean, he, and he's a reasonably tanky three to begin with, right? Like he's he's six health, three 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 with a reroll. Right. Like he doesn't he, he's not a chump. Um, right. Yeah. Project force. Don't use it. Kind of thing with uh, entire point of cat dog. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be really interesting. I've been meaning to like test out cat dog a little bit, but I just I hate having my primary plan be ease. I just because so many other people play them, I just feel like I'm playing ease all the time as soon as I'm playing that sort of roster. Um I a hundred percent understand what you mean. <laughs> uh, um the bright side is that I've just seen less intrusions, which uh I like. Yes. I still think intru like from a game perspective, I have a problem with ease. From a personal perspective, I feel like intrusions is just not my crisis. Um and I think a lot, every time I see someone play intrusions, I see someone try to teleport with extracts. Oof. I, I'm noticing more and more that it's, it's kind of like hammers where people just always forget about the negative. Yeah. Well, now that the damage negative is gone, I can see people forgetting it more. Yeah. Um, hmm. I really, not that I just want to like turn this episode into building a, uh, building a control Malekith. I mean, this was kind of what Dizzard did. Dizzard always played Malekith, um, like reasonably controlly. He wasn't all in on this kind of aggression tech. Yeah. He was uh, using, uh, I know he had Sinister in his roster, which yeah. is a solid control piece. Enchantress is not a bad idea for like just her ability to like move someone off a point, especially if you end up, you know, playing on D's right and like Malekith is threatening one side. Um, she's a character that can kind of like tilt the other side in your favor because she can just always move someone off of it. I mean, there's a couple characters she can't move, but is this something that you're going to explore more? Uh, I'm thinking about it. I did play regular Asgard earlier today, um, and Enchantress was a baller there. <laughs> yeah, she's still she's still a strong character, and just being a character with bow on demand always, and the fact that she'd at least just take an extract for someone, yes, it's an action now, but just having that in your tool bag on a character who's otherwise a solid character... Um, She's also like if you're playing something like Malekith, right? Like one of your one of your worst nightmares, right, is Shield. And Enchantress can actually be a bit of a problem for Shield because they never have the power to spend for her defenses. Right, or at least when they do, they don't want to often. Right. They they want to save it for the Helios and stuff like that and 
And man, actually, like that would be kind of something funny. Like, what what does Shield do into a Malekith that brought D's? Right. Hope uh, he stays on the same side as um, as Iron Man. Yeah, and that Iron Man doesn't just die. Uh, I mean, eyes can make that hard. Yes. Eyes in the sky. So, yeah, yeah. I like. I feel like this is worth worth exploring more. Um, all right. Do we have a? Do we have another? Um, has there been anything that like your your locals or your test friends or anything have been throwing at you that kind of meets this sort of concept? Uh, I recently had someone play uh, Web Warriors into me, uh, and they were using the miles leadership mostly to unlock skulls for other more offensive characters. So murder webs, murder webs. Love it. Um, yeah. So, you know, they had Zemo to unlock skulls for his reroll all miss Marvel. Uh, because when she and Biggins, she'll have three rerolls into most characters. Uh, the likes of Psylocke as well, just with her rerolls to, um, help punch through damage. Yeah, I think my last webs game was actually with Psylocke and Zemo. And it's it's kind of funny just how stupid Zemo actually is in webs. Yeah, it definitely feels like um like skulls are kind of his bane uh when when they're locked for him, right? Um uh, yeah, kind of like, like a balancing just... factor was, oh, you reroll all and then you have that extra reroll on top that you'll eventually get some skulls and it's not going to be super helpful. Uh, and just being able to, no matter what, pick up the dice again uh, and give it another go is nuts. Yeah, when you have those, like, you're like, okay, I'm going for some, like, because Zemo just puts down people that are bigger than him no, all day. And, but sometimes you just, you, you roll five dice and you get, like, two successes, one non-success, and then, like, two skulls. And you're just like, I guess I re-roll this blank twice. And that doesn't feel like that feels just like, okay. Um, so uh, was your friend practicing that for anything in specific? Is that like an actual event roster or is that just kind of like fun Wednesday night shit? Uh, yeah, there's actually um, an event I'm running coming up uh, oh. in, in August, August 19th. It's called the NorCal classic. Uh, been running it for a couple years now at the guild house which is in downtown San Jose. Uh, if anyone's in the area, I highly encourage you to show up. It is uh, gaming in a bar. So it's not quite oh. your, your second wind or Carl Con where you're at the brewery itself or just one step down uh, at this gaming bar itself. Well, let's not say a step down. Let's say like a step adjacent. Sure, sure. Hey, if, yeah. if uh, you're excited to go to CarlCon and haven't been able to get a ticket because it's sold out, uh, come to the NorCal Classic. So what's, what's the bar that it's being held at? Uh, it's called the Guildhouse. Uh, okay. It is kind of a, a gamer-themed bar. Um, they have, like, land setups, and you can rent... Uh, like video game consoles and play them on huge screens uh, and stuff like that. So it's neat. That's pretty cool. What, what is that event cap at? Uh, 32 players, I think, because I want to get it done in one day. Uh, yeah. and I, <laughs> you don't want it to be an overnight event, Alec? No, I, I've done like uh, two parters there where one day was War Machine and the other day was uh, was MCP. Uh, and Tyson and I both got tired of that and we're just doing one day, um, no war machine this year, only MCP. Uh, so <laughs> our community will get our full attention. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's what, that's one that, um, Tyson brings out terrain and stuff for too, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's close enough that he drives up with, um, a whole bunch of the LVO terrain. So it's great to come up and, uh, practice on the actual LVO terrain that you'll be qualifying for. Oh, that's a that's a little plug where you're like get get uh get practice on the get practice on the tables that you're probably playing on anyway. Um 
Yeah, I'm sure. I wonder what he's doing for mats since we literally sold every single one of the LVO mats. Uh, we have some. Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, that sound that sounds super fun. And so you're running it, so you don't get to play in this one. Correct. Yes, I will not be playing. That's always a little bit of a like. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of, one of the listeners, um, I'm pretty sure his name was Dustin. I apologize if I'm getting that wrong, but I know he listens and will probably listen to this, but Dustin like asked, like he kind of had the impression that I only play online because of how few games I actually have in Longshanks. And I was like, no, I actually don't play online at all. And, um, uh, Jake, uh, Jacob jumped in and was kind of like, when you, when you run stuff, you're surprised how much it cuts into your, your ability to play in events. Sure. Especially uh, ranked games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Right. And it's just like, I don't, you know, I don't want to play in qualifiers cause I, I know I'm committed to running it at this point. There was a little bit like the first year I was like, would I, would I, would I? And, and then it's like, no, it's just, uh, don't want to dream crush. Uh, yeah, I, I would just feel really bad if I knocked some people out and then qualified and then didn't, in, you know, and then just ended up running things anyway. Yeah. yeah at yeah. this point, I'm I'm committed to running things. Maybe there's a point where I would like hand off the reins to Lexa at some point. Mm. Um, but um, right now, it's it's just important that this that this goes well but um yeah you're gonna have to like step back a little bit but it's just one event for you so that's that's right. not too bad not you know most of them so uh it's a big <laughs> plus <laughs> i have another one i'm playing in this coming weekend and then i'll be at carl con which is uh only like three weekends after the classic um so I'm, i've got a couple more qualifiers headed my way little little busy um all right. Well, one of the other things that we had kind of um, um, mentioned was, you know, because we were just talking about like murder webs and rosters that can just kind of play differently than you would expect. And maybe like X-Men Red, you know, that's that's forcing kind of the Red Skull plan um, that just like really different than how the affiliation would normally play. Um and while we're talking about this, I have to shout out to Pat because um, there was a great episode. I think it was right at the beginning of season two where I interviewed Pat and we were we were talking about some different things. And um, one of his main critiques for me, because at the time I really wanted to be like, this is how you would play affiliation X. Because uh, we were like, we were pretty early on in the game. You know, it had been out for less than a year. There there wasn't enough diversity in models. Maybe it was a little different for a play tester who has a strong idea of what's coming. And so the idea of accepting that there's a particular play style for an affiliation didn't quite mesh with their experiences. But for like fully released stuff, um, you know, I always wanted to like, I was trying everything and I wanted to like find something that would work or be strong or at least feel like a, a solid way to play something if you wanted to play that affiliation. Um, and at that point in the time, I thought Avengers were just fucking garbage and there was basically no good roster for Avengers, which I still think was probably true at the time. Um, but he he really like a big criticism was he was like, you know, kind of like you you know trying to like put an affiliation in a box is probably not a good decision i forget exactly what he said but i think the core concept he was trying to get across is like trying to think about an affiliation inside this little box is not going to help you as a player and i think that's really proven to be true over time um where I think we do kind of trap affiliations in boxes at times. And then when people break, break out of that and like try something different, they, they, they face all sorts of like, that doesn't work. Why don't you just play the thing that works? And then, I mean, that's how people surprise is with these, you know, kind of off meta, you know, roster reversals, um, murder webs, um, has there been anything besides Web Warriors that's kind of, or, you know, say like the X-Men Red that's kind of hit you, that's kind of this um, taking a taking a roster like a totally different direction than you would normally expect? 
that was the main one, along with the Malekith we talked about earlier. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's definitely easier in some affiliations, right? Because you have the likes of Brotherhood that have two leaderships that, or two two leader models that want pretty different game plans or at least scenario setups. Um, but I'm not sure I would call that the same as uh, a different affiliation that want or playing the affiliation in a different way. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, let's use guardians for instance, at the moment, um, obviously guardians are primarily an affiliation that's played for um, attrition. Right. Like you've got a reroll leadership, you've got a hit and run um, leader for your team. So much synergy with Thanos. And obviously there are times where you like pivot and you're like, OK, I'm winning enough now. I'll just move you off points. It's fine. I'm playing Thanos. But with the advent of Bill being a guardian and even Agent Venom having a throw. Sure. I mean, yeah, I can see that. So just. Um, you can actually put a pretty tanky affiliated guardian squad on the table. Um, when you add up Drax and Bill and Groot, you've got these three models that are pretty tough to just take down, right? And you add in Starlord for your leadership, any potential splashes you might want that might help you uh, control the game. And I could see that working out. Right, and you can still use the leadership as a way to hunt for control wilds, right? Like, you still have Ronin in affiliation who can throw size fours. I'll be honest. Builder. I'll be honest, I forgot about him. Uh, <laughs> as um, most of I'm us not do. Sure you, <laughs> I, I'm not 100% sure you would run him in that, but, like, there are still things where you, like, to say um, Iron Man. Iron Man can push any size. He just needs a wild. And right, like, and so maybe you give him um, a winging it token to help facilitate double pushes and that sort of thing. Um, I think there's there's room to explore that. I remember when I first threw out this idea, um, Zach, uh, Mandalorian Orange, I don't even know if he goes by Mandalorian Orange anymore, but like his first response was like, no, bad. Um, and he came back pretty much immediately. So huge shout out. Like a lot of people in gaming communities don't want to admit when they, they may be like overly hot ticked. Um, and he came back pretty quick and we're like, you know what? I was like, I was actually experimenting with this a little bit and there might be more to this idea than I was originally, was originally crediting. And, and sure, maybe it's not as good as just like Thanos aggression, but I think this is the sort of thing where you could build the plan into your roster and maybe play it in the right moment. And like totally catch someone off guard. Yeah, I know. Um, I was surprised when you first started saying that story because I remember that Zach really likes Quicksilver in Guardians to help him find the triggers and just having a card to steal extracts. Um, yeah, on a model that's just really hard to pin down, uh, and that really leans into this more control scenario focused Guardians plan. And, and like uh, Medusa is a character that Zach has played in Guardians for a long time. Like I remember him playing. I'm pretty sure he had Medusa in his Guardians roster at LSO this time last year. And Medusa is a character who can put out aggressive pain, but can also be hyper control mode. And so the, there are characters that can kind of do both where maybe you're like, I don't choose the absolute best murder for threat, but I could still play Medusa, who's really great murder, but pivots to control really easily. Yeah, the um, similarly Black Panther in Murder Webs is a good slot there with yeah. <laughs> his mantle to reroll all right uh, or reroll any. And still just pushing people off points when you need them to. Yeah, he can, you know, he can, he can pivot back and forth multiple times in a game. 
you know, you're like, all right, this turn he's murdering, this turn he's control, this turn he's running around the board grabbing stuff. You know, you're just, Black Panther kind of does everything. I love my recent guest, Tetsuo, but it still hurts me that he's like, I don't really like Black Panther. Yeah, that's um, listening to that episode. It felt like a difference between what you want out of a character knowing who the character is right the the lore and what you expect them to do um not necessarily the the piece on the table yeah certainly could be that i think it didn't fit the 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 game plan specifically but i feel like the more you and i mean when i first looked at black panther mind you that was at the beginning of the game i certainly was not like oh this is a best character in the game sort of character um he was a character that just grew on me over time where i just felt like i always found ways with black panther to pull out wins out of my ass like he was the character that just like saved my ass we were just like fuck i'm losing what do i do and then suddenly you're like walk pounce wakanda forever or you know like walk wakanda forever push this person off a point pounce over to this other spot put you know and then attack and push this character off the point and you're just like holy fuck did i just win (laughs) um and like it just feels like black panther is a character who just like while you have a healthy black panther there's always a chance Kind of like Hulk in that case. Like when you, when you sure. there's certain characters where you just when you have them in those moments at the end, you're just like, well, this card has a million things on it. There's got to be something on here that works. The uh, not to derail too much, but I um, had a game at an event last month where uh, my Immortal Hulk was the last model on the table for my team into Malekith and. He went and hit his wild trigger successfully, throwing Malekith into a Killmonger and a Zemo, dazing both of them, uh, really putting the entire game on his back. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, when he went to finish off Malekith with a, a terrain throw, Malekith successfully blocked all the damage, uh, and then he just got absolutely demolished. But it was Ooh, close. Ouch. One of the one of those characters that can you know really uh almost solve the game on their own in a pinch yeah put put the characters on your back um all right man well we've been we've been talking about this a fair bit um i know you had some specific things that you you wanted to talk about while we're on this episode has there been anything that like across our conversation that you wanted to hit on that just hasn't quite fit into the you know the path the conversation has taken uh no not in particular i think we we covered the thoughts I was having. Okay, great. Um, I do like one of my like wrap up thoughts for the listeners would be, you know, if you love your roster, I, I don't think you, you force a dual affiliation in there. Um, I do think it might be a good idea. If you look at your roster and say you play control all the time, is there a couple of slots where you could, flex something to being like a little bit more murdery um because like say for example with murder webs that like runs like logan and zemo and panther one of the things that's always made control feel stronger to me um and this is a throwback to war machine is when you actually project a reasonable amount of threat your your opponent has to play suboptimally into your control game because they're respecting your threat and so sometimes just having a couple of murdery pieces makes people want to like bum rush your control um, a little less often. And like that in itself can win you games just by like forcing your opponent into some some negative spots. So where you, you might go, oh, I'm going to play webs and I'm always going to like just move people around. Uh, it, it's a good idea to have some have some murder in there and like vice versa. Um, when you're playing something super murdery, having the ability to pivot to a control game, and maybe it's just something where you do at the end, where you're like, all right, I'm winning. All I have to do is throw this person off a point, but Malika's already activated. Do I have any other throws in 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 my list? Um, stuff like that. Uh, uh, do you have any comments there, Alec? Uh, I don't 
I don't think so. Yeah, just look at the, you know, you obviously want a model to use as much of their card as possible. Um, yes. If that makes sense. Like, they have all of these tools, and um, as you're making rosters or practicing your existing rosters, check for things you don't use often and make sure you you use them when the time to use them comes up which isn't always obvious yeah reread cards like when you're in that crazy game i always double check my cards or at least i try to (laughs) because you'll be surprised how often when you like if you play some of the more complex characters and you're not just playing the like pure kind of stat characters yeah your war machine right you know um and sometimes i think of like kind of star lord is kind of a pure stat character like yeah he has hit and run but like there there are certain characters where you're like this character is just sort of like really really good stats um but there's a lot of characters when you're just like wait a second groot can throw with his spender you know there's just characters there that like give you these different options you're like wait a minute black panther could pounce to this spot trap this character and then like mantle punch punch and maybe that can save the game and having some of these things that 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 go the multiple directions um and you know i i was i i've played rosters where i'm like well i'm i'm running x23 and logan maybe my last character is storm and if i have to play against a pay to flip i i have first class and storm as my my last card or my last character that just allows me to like switch to x-men um and i i do think some of i, I honestly i think they should be played more more often in general where you 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 have that sort of option as a backup plan where I think there's maybe a little bit too much hoping for dodging in the community. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that of you know, everyone just hoping to dodge their super bad matchup, but um, yeah, I, sometimes it's the case, at least for me, yeah, for me, it's try to find, try to find answers no matter where they are. Um, so for, Bay Area Open, it was... I was playing Manian Kiddingpin. I tried out some... Uh, Thanos was the... Thanos and Guardians was what was giving me uh, the biggest issues, and I had some ideas well. Well, Modok is a CS model and ha- can give me cover for a round with Psychic Fortress, uh, or maybe uh, Mysterio's Grand Illusion would help me out here to stop some extra crits coming in. Um, but I found that the best shot was just, you know, slotting in that Malekith dual affiliation and hoping that Malekith can just cut Thanos' head off. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I, I just think that, and again, this comes back to the point of, I think a lot of players either just want to play their favorite affiliation play the thing that they're most practiced with, not have something else that they have to practice that they enjoy less. Um, And then there's also just the, like, I would rather have more flex options for my primary plan than try to have like an 80 or 90% plan. And then like have this other thing where I use the last couple of slots to open something up that may or may not work in the particular moment. Um, I've heard all of those things, you know, time and time again, since honestly the, the very moment that the game released. Uh, but I think time and time again, there's also been really good players who have found that, that dual affiliation or that pivot plan that, that brings them success. And so I think if you're, if you're looking to dig deep and you love the roster construction, I think there's more of those things there that people haven't uncovered, including us. I'm sure there's stuff that we haven't even mentioned that are actually like really powerful ideas um, that, that could include affiliations that we haven't even fucking mentioned. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I have anything else to add there. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Alec, I think this is probably a good spot to wrap up the episode. Do you have any shout outs that you want to do? I know that you're not a podcaster yourself, but you know, you've, you've been on at least a couple of shows now. Uh, you know, anything you want to shout out, this is a good time to do so. Uh, 
I guess I mentioned it earlier, but uh, come to the NorCal Classic if you find yourself in uh, San Jose or on August 19th. Uh, it'll be a good time. I want to know what the, the, the beers are like. So I expect, especially if we have any patrons or, um, you know, anybody uh, hanging out in the OP Discord who wants to tell me what the, the beers and stuff were like at uh, NorCal. I'm, I'm excited to hear. So um, if you want more Alec, um, first episode of the season, um, you were on as part of the, the WTC squad as we started making that announcement. So really, really excited to see how all of that goes. We're getting closer and closer to Denmark time. Yeah, only it uh, feels like, what, two months away? Almost two months away? I guess three. Uh, yeah, I guess three. But we're closer and closer. All right. Well, listeners, uh, Alec and I are going to um, have a little bit of fun in the bonus episode. So if you're a patron, you do get that that bonus episode for, you know, roughly a, a dollar a month. But um, Alec, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on and chatting with me, sharing your ideas. And uh, I am really looking forward to doing Denmark with you. Yeah, of course. Me too. I've uh, we've been furiously planning the trip. <laughs> now, and your your partner's going to go too, right? Yeah, she is. Yep. So that'll be that'll be quite quite the adventure. So, um, listeners, stay tuned for more WTC build up um, roster planning as we you know see what sort of stuff AMG avail- unveils in the meantime. Hoping would love for some cool shakeups and such just to like keep us all on our toes. I I'm always the I'm always the person who's like we will play whatever the current meta is as. Um, as Amon and I talked about with their, their recent announcements and LSO and such like that. So um, anyway, I guess this is just a good time to end the episode and just say the most OP thing that you can do is remind your opponent that Black Panther will just kill you. Later, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>